Welcome to the What is Stoicism podcast. Today's episode is an interview with a practitioner of Stoicism called Ayo Desu. Ayo is the co-founder of a company called Octillion Capital Partners, whose work he describes in our conversation. After the background on his work, we get into how Ayo discovered Stoicism and how he practices it. I was a great guest and I'm hoping to do more of this kind of conversation with practicing Stoics. So please let me know if you find it useful and would like to hear more interviews on the podcast. So without further ado, here's my interview with Ayo Desu. Thanks for joining me, Ayo. To begin, I wonder if you could just tell me a little bit about what you do with Octillion Capital Partners. Yeah, sure. More than happy to. More than happy to. Um, so at Octillion, essentially, we're building a modern-day CPG impact conglomerate with a focus on just clean, healthy, sustainable, and inclusive brands in health and beauty, as well as um, food and beverage. But we're starting off with um, the food and beverage uh, industries or industry. Why? Because I think obesity is considered a modern epidemic. If you look at um, worldwide obesity, it's nearly tripled since more or less 1975 with about 13% of adults being obese and 39% of adults being overweight. And really, this is just an increase um, um, in just sedentary lifestyles and consumption of, of unhealthy foods. And I think COVID has made this problem even more pressing with obviously obese patients likely to experience more complications and death from the virus. And ultimately... You are what you eat, so you're seeing maybe a clampdown in 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 policies. So, for example, like the 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 World Health Organization highlights the importance of like prioritizing um, immediate policies, such as restricting like the marketing of unhealthy foods to children and taxation on essentially like sugar sweetened beverages. And as I said earlier, you are what you eat. So, if you're eating a lot of unhealthy food, you're more likely to be anxious and depressed, and it's. No wonder that the rates of anxiety and depression have climbed globally um, by more than 20%, I think 25% in 2021. And the answer to just maybe easing your anxiety and your depression might just really be in in the change of your diet. But it's obviously not a one-size-fits-all because for some people, anxiety and depression is is a result of maybe past trauma. But in the West, essentially, where we're... We're under the illusion that we have um, so much choice, but really don't. Um, and this is speaking specifically to just our our consumption. And the reason why is just because companies such as like Unilever, Kellogg's, PNG control what we consume through their ownership of a range of different brands, and their model is essentially just built on 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 retention, repeat businesses, repeat purchase. And for them to obviously get that repeat purchase, they're going to um, put certain things, preservatives, additives, sugar into their foods and more or less just make us dependent on those, on essentially just cheap dopamine. Um, I think what we need is a new generation of brands and essentially, essentially like a new generation of um, a new generation of a, a, a CPG conglomerate that's focused on just the modern day. So, Essentially, people are looking for clean, healthy, low-carb, high-protein, good-for-you um, food and beverage um, and brands. 
and that's essentially what Octillion is 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 was founded upon, which is just looking to ensure that the the foods that we put onto our, into our bodies and then the products that we apply onto our bodies should essentially just be clean. And through M and A and operational excellence, we're looking to build a consumer brand conglomerate of twenty brands. Um, each will be essentially worth maybe. 20 to 50 million each brand um, but we're buying these brands for obviously less than those amounts and just growing them and we're just looking to 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 change shopping aisles shopping preferences by giving consumers just more choice and we're focused on the food and beverage uh, market for now at least for the first five acquisitions and then after that we will transition onto onto skincare but that in essence is just what we're doing at Octillion. Um, we have a brand in our portfolio now called Lean Caffeine, which offers clean, microtoxin-free, no pesticides, no heavy metal, um, one coffee. And then on the other hand, we have another brand underneath that called Clean and Pure that offers um, other functional superfood supplements, such as things like bone broth, collagen, um and some other things so yeah that's that's and one of the reasons why we bought that which i'm happy to go into later is just because essentially that brand their story matched with the octillion story and it made sense for us because again we're we're mission driven as well as impact led so yeah i hope i haven't um talked too much but that essentially is just um what we're doing at octillion and yeah yeah that, that sounds really like an admirable Pursuit mission driven is one of the things that came to mind as you were as you were talking there, um, and your sort of objective to acquire clean brands, and it's probably like a incentive to contribute to the common good there rather than just the main mission of making more money, I suppose. So is it mainly clean brands then that you would be focused on, not just with diet but in other areas? Yeah, ideally just, and when I say clean, I, we, I probably should just specify, just say my clean, we mean just things that are good for you, generally, things that are low carb, high protein, low sugar, um, and that's their offering, right? We also would like for the brands to be taking strides to becoming more, I would say, environmentally friendly. They don't need to be um, sustainable all the way from top to bottom because again these are small micro smes that we're acquiring to turn them into much let's say larger smes um but the ethos is really just on clean so anytime you see clean in 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 those terms that i described earlier um the ethos is just to acquire clean brands and that i've explained is from a food and beverage standpoint but from a skincare standpoint it's more let's say things that have low ingredient, like a like a low ingredient list. Um, so organic products as well. So that's what we mean by clean. And yes, we're just looking at, at, at acquiring businesses that um, essentially just have that DNA. And in, in addition to the, the clean focus, are there any other principles that you adhere to in, in your work with Octillion? Maybe not just within the companies that you look to acquire, but also in how you operate day to day. 
Yeah, we just, I think for us, it's just about being agile, just being transparent in, 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 in what we're doing. Um, it's about being fair, one fair for obviously the seller when we're buying these businesses. And then we're, all, we're always looking to like preserve the legacy of the business, but we will always look to innovate on the business that we've, we've, we've acquired. So what I mean by that is that we can still keep the DNA of that business, essentially the soul of that business. But I think our businesses change and we must adapt to, to certain things. So if it means pivoting to, to something that maybe the original found founding team or founder may not have considered, it's something that we will look to, to, to consider um, but we just try to run the business as 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 well as we can, and um, we hope that I think our, our remit is always just to create value. So we're always looking at what is the value add, and doing that as transparently, as sustainably, and also as profitably as we can do. Because again, this is while we are mission and impact led, we are still a for-profit organization. So we're looking to make sure that our brands are profitable so that to be very honest with you, they can be self-sustaining. But yeah, those are some, some, I would say, I don't know if, if it's a, if it's a full list of, of operating values, but those are just some of the things that we, 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 we think about as we operate some of these brands, or at least one brand that we have on our portfolio at the moment. There were some things that sort of stood out to me as where stoicism would come into play and how you operate a company from day to day. Maybe we'll look, look back to that. But first of all, I just wanted to sort of ask how you first discovered stoicism. Yeah. Um, so I came about stoicism like when I was super young, like when I was maybe like 16. And I've always liked the idea of just having a personal philosophy that I can live by. And um, I think when I had my first heartbreak, it was, I was looking for a way to process my emotions in general. So I've never been the type of person to just like feel sorry for myself. I always like to reflect, um, quite introspective, um, and then, um, just find a solution really. Um, so rather than like feeling sorry for myself or, um, <laughs> or doing some things in which I know people at that at, at at my age at that time were doing, which is like they were they would call and then they would maybe like sing a song, um, just to try to win the person over. So like for example, like I like I I have a mate that 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 uh that called his girlfriend at the time, the girl he was singing at the time, and he 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 started to sing Usher, Let It Burn, and. <laughs> That's not something that I was super confident to do with my singing skills. So I wanted to go for something a little bit more practical, right? And um, yeah, I was just watching the film Gladiators and like, I just thought like they were super cool. And then just like Googling some more stuff, I came across Marcus Aurelius, obviously Maximus was the was, 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 a, was a general for, for Marcus Aurelius in the film. But just Googling more stuff about Marcus Aurelius and then came across like Stoicism. And it's one of the, I think it's one of the Hellenistic philosophies. So you have like Epicureanism, um, Cynicism, um, Skepticism. So Stoicism was the one that I that I thought was, was the most in tune to me, especially at that point. And even looking at all, all, all those other three philosophies, 
I'm more realistic optimist, so they're not really my 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 cup of tea. But yeah, I came across Stoicism. I really enjoy just reading um, about it, learning more about it. Um, and little did I know that the the the, the philosophy would, would be very very useful for me um, just later down in my life. And yeah, that's that's essentially my 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 my, my venture into Stoicism. That's how I came. Across. So basically, I, I got my heart broken, and then I found Stoicism. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does seem to come into play whenever it's most needed. Um, people do seem to find it when they're you know in the midst of some kind of turmoil, and it seems to be a, a good place to turn. It doesn't necessarily provide answers immediately, but it does give the the um, skill to be able to ask yourself better questions, I think, and come up with your own answers on how to respond to the situations you're facing, which is one of the great things about it, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. I think um, for me as well, like stoicism is just like a tool for self-mastery, right? Perseverance and also just developing wisdom, which is one of the four tenets. And it's something that I'm trying to use. And I think something that one can just use to live like an extraordinary life uh, rather than some something you just like a, another field of philosophy where you're just speaking about it to impress people. Like Stoicism is is probably the most introspective philosophy there is because it's about yourself. It's about improving yourself and it's not really worried about the actions of other people. And I think another reason that I find solace in Stoicism is this is just because it's for it's for the doers of the world. So people that obviously find that it provides a lot of clarity as you've alluded to like it gives you the ability to or it gives you the framework to ask better questions and i think that's super important especially if you're a doula um, because you find that it provides you with 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 the strength the stamina as well as just the the the, the mindset to deal with um your challenging life um for me it's like you know how the the, the iphone has it's like ios operating system stoicism is my personal operating system it's just it's just how i try to live my life um and so far it's it's working as i'm learning more obviously there's a lot that i do not know but yeah that's that's one of the reasons why i like it anyway yeah the personal operating system is a, a good way to look at it i think one of the great things too is how versatile it is to be applied to any situation really one of the things i was thinking about was obviously in terms of your professional work you have the four virtues there you know justice comes in in treating people people fairly obviously you have employees and people you're involved with in deals you want to treat them well you've got wisdom which is learning from your experiences and applying that to the future business you do courage to proceed based on what you think is right you know, proceed with specific deals or suppose have the courage not to proceed on certain ones um, and temperance, which is what to focus on or which deals to pursue or, you know, concentrating on specific tasks each day and not spend too much time on things that don't need to be looked at as much. Would those sort of cover how you would apply those things day to day? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think one one seriously like important thing is just the fact that for stoicism i think the one of the main teachings is that you can't control what happens to you but you can control your reactions to those things that have happened so that for me is something that i take daily in terms of let's say if something has not gone 
our way, yes, you can get angry. Yes, you can get frustrated or you can just look at it as a part of the process to, to essentially just get better um, and just maybe double down, re-strategize, and then you go again. And also, it's 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 definitely given me and I'd say my team or myself, my partner and the team um, 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 focus because I remember this may not directly tie into stoicism, but I'm guessing it's if, if maybe if you depends on how you look at it, right? Because when we first started, our our mission wasn't as clear as it is today. Um, we were looking at acquiring businesses in the e-commerce space don't get me wrong but one in terms of like the spaces we wanted to play in but then also what the overall mission was wasn't super clear it was it came through a process of refinement and 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 reiteration that's when we then realized that okay look in order for us to actually achieve this mission we need to pick a big problem and just looking at the data looking introspectively at my life, how I choose to live my life in, in I'll say in a moderately healthy format. I, I try to exercise, I try to eat well, not perfect, but I, I'm very conscious about, about my health. And my partner as well, who's the same, who actually even had a, a bigger reason to, 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 to live a healthier lifestyle taking lessons from, from, from our personal lives combined with obviously just looking at macro trends and data and um, something that we felt that we, we could really have an impact or an industry where we, where we could really have an impact. And also like, it was very clear to us that um, tackling the food epidemic as well as just toxic skincare practices was what we wanted to play and having then targeted or being super specific in those two verticals it's just given us so much clarity and it saved us a lot of time because now when we're like when we're assessing um maybe new potential opportunities if it doesn't meet our criteria and I'm not saying everything will meet our criteria 100% but if it doesn't meet our criteria for at least being in those two verticals, having the, the 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 clean profile and some other things, we don't even bother because we know what ex- exactly what we're looking for. And I think just maybe circling that back to 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 sto- stoicism, I just put that under the the column of wisdom. Right, you need to know what to work on what's 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 meaningful and obviously what's meaningful to you and just looking at that i think wisdom is definitely something that um at least from a stoic perspective that i'm that i'm trying to to utilize more of and it's it's definitely allowed me and the team to just like focus on what we're doing so that is that's that's a way in which kind of like stoicism at least from a from a from a business mission perspective has really helped us i think it's just wisdom to know exactly what we should be working on and things that we shouldn't really be focusing on yeah i think that from what you were saying there about trying to tie it with your own personal lifestyle you know when your principles are in alignment with what you're actually doing day to day then that gives you more purpose and makes your work more meaningful you know in that sense you're i suppose embodying your philosophy is 
Epictetus would say, not only in your personal life, but in your professional as well, which, yeah, as you say, makes it more meaningful. The other thing I wanted to ask you about was uh, leadership in terms of your company. I read somewhere that you're considered a servant leader. Can you speak a little bit about what that means? <laughs> I think, yeah. So when we, um, when myself and my, and my, and my co-founder first, like, uh, got in touch, um, the story is actually quite, it's actually funny because initially I started Octillion as solo. And just working on it, working on it. Um, I get a message on LinkedIn from from this guy, just saying I'd like to catch up. But I think I was a bit busy at the time, so I didn't respond immediately. And then he reaches out maybe a week or two later, and he's like, "Oh, love to really catch up." And then I'm like, "Okay, no problem. Let's 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 catch up." We catch up just have an initial conversation this was what maybe like 2021 ish i believe and we just caught up we had a we had a very good chat we we aligned very very well and ultimately this 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 guy ended up becoming my partner who who's who's kc currently campbell and one of the things that we did was like look we really want to know who the other person is not who they say they are, but who they actually are. Um, and we brought on like a coach to extract our values to see obviously where we where we aligned on certain things or if we even aligned on anything at all. And that person essentially brought out different traits and it 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 it, it turned out that we matched on, I would say like 80% of things in terms of what we what our values were. So things like honesty, benevolence, transparency, hardworking, um, assuming that we do not know it all, um, courage, and things like that. So it was really clear that we, we 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 were aligned from a value perspective. And essentially, during the course of that entire engagement, um, they were able to bring out certain like leadership facets from the both of us. Casey was, I think, was an ethical leader, and I am a servant leader, which I believe means that for me, I look to to serve, and I'm guessing what that means is I provide the resources for the, for the team to, to 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 thrive. I don't mind doing work that may be seen as beneath me. It's for me that that doesn't matter as long as I'm contributing towards the the overall success of. Our business, I, I'm not. I don't really look at, uh, at 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 jobs as being beneath me or anything like that. Obviously, there's things that because you can do something doesn't necessarily mean you do it yourself. You can outsource, you can delegate, and things like that. But at the core, uh, I just want to ensure that the team has all the resources that it needs to thrive. And if they need me to get into the into the trenches with them, I will be there. Um, so I believe that's, that's, that's the meaning of a servant leader. At least that's how I, um, how I, um, decode what that is to me personally anyway. Yeah, that's good. I'm actually reading Gates of Fire at the moment. I don't know if you've read that book. It's about the Spartans at Thermopylae and there's a description towards the end of what a king is. It's in reference to Leonidas, the leader of the Spartans. There's sort of what you might say bullet points of a king is this, a king is that, and 
And you've got things like a king does not require service of those he leads, but provides it to them. He serves them, not they him. I think that's a good example of the type of uh, servant leadership that the Spartans and the Stoics practiced. And a good book too, if you if you get the chance to read it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I've, I've, I have, uh, I've just taken some notes on it. So um, it sounds super interesting. So I definitely will, will, will add it to the list and, and, and give you my feedback when I, when I do read it. Excellent. Yeah. Gets a Fire by uh, Stephen Pressfield. So yeah, I think we're sort of getting towards the end of our time here. The other thing I wanted to ask um, was just about your daily practice. I know you do some stoic journaling each day. What sort of form does that take? Is it is it sort of once in the morning and once in the evening, or do you have a different schedule for that? Um, yeah, so I think um, the way I journal like has changed. Um, so I remember when I first started um, journaling, like was basically the day that I started Octillion, and I and I at that period in time I would just do it in the evening. Um, after a long day, and I, I would try to keep the cadence of doing it every single evening. But then after a while, as I got busier, busier, um, it just became a bit harder to do. So I stopped for a bit. And then about 456 days, or I think, yeah, I'd say a couple of, let me say months, maybe like three or four months later, I then began to, 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 to journal again. And then what I do now is I don't do it every single day. I do it at least maybe three to four times a week. I may do it every day, depending on how I feel, but I don't put that pressure to do it every single day. And the format that it takes is usually me, one, starting off with, whether that be a stoic quote or a quote that I'm, that I'm, that I, that I resonate with at that point in time. And then just writing down thoughts. Um, it may be maybe expressing gratitude. It may just be, expressing different type of things for me I, I try to make it as keep it as raw as possible i don't try to have a a specialized framework or format for writing it's just how i'm feeling and i think like journaling is just like actualized reflection and um and yeah i just try to keep it as 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 raw as possible and i always try to to end it off with 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 the kind of like, okay, what would Marcus Aurelius do or something like that? Just as a last kind of like thing, and then just write maybe like a a, a word or something like that that can allow me to act um, accordingly. So yeah, I just do it um, when I feel like it. Sometimes I do it early in the morning. Sometimes I might do it in the in the evenings. Sometimes I might do it at lunch, depending. And on the days where I don't do it, that's where your your micro meditations come in to play, especially when you're short on time. So I just read, obviously, the newsletter that you have out, and then I use that as as essentially my 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 stoic um, time or my reflection time, and um, just to obviously make sure that I'm still into the philosophy of gaining more more understanding of the philosophy as, as well as just like using the philosophy um, practically, not just learning about it, because I think that's the most important thing is to actually actualize the philosophy that you're learning and not just like read about it, right? Put it into practice. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I think that's it's great the way you do that. And it's key that, you know, the effort is consistent with things like this. And 
that's probably the main reason I made the morning meditations to be quite a short, you know, a short uh, exercise of each day to keep it manageable. You know, it's not going to be something that you know, people don't want to add extra things to do every day. And even if that's the only thing that you do, at least there's some practical element to it of journaling and it gives you maybe one thought for the day to, to focus on. So, yeah, I think the consistency there is key. Uh, I think, yeah, we're just coming to the end of the time now. Is there anything else you wanted to mention, Io? Um, no, no. Thank you very much for for, for for having me. It's it's this is like my uh, one. This is the first Stoic podcast I'm 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 doing a conversation I'm having. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. Just obviously see another person that 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 likes the philosophy that is into the philosophy. I'm hoping to have more conversations um, with with different people just to build a community around Stoicism because I think it's an excellent tool. Um, as I said, just for self mastery and just gaining perspective really but thank you very much for having me Alan. No problem thanks Ayo thanks for taking the time and just as you say there I'm trying to do the same thing really is trying to speak to more people um, and build a bit of a community because I don't do too many of these interviews at the moment but that's been more of a focus for this year to try and to try and do more really so this is the first of those uh, with that intention so yeah appreciate it and hopefully I'll speak again soon. Absolutely thank you very much Alan. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the What is Stoicism podcast. If you'd like to support the show, please consider taking a second to leave a rating and a review. It's a good way to let me know you're getting value from the content and it helps more people discover the show. I appreciate your support. Thanks so much. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, I recommend checking out the Stoic Handbook podcast by John Brooks. It's one I've been a fan of myself for a while. It has great reviews. John publishes regular episodes that are always filled with practical wisdom and it's available on all the usual podcast platforms. You can also find it on the web at stoichandbook.buzzsprout.com. Thanks again for listening.